as you learn more about yourself and you start to see the value on that, you're going to be able to see people differently. You're going to be able to understand that there's a history behind every person. It will just naturally drive you to, to, to see the value on them. You're listening to Seeking More, a winter conference podcast, a space where we go beyond the topics you hear at our annual conferences and seek to explore more with people who are passionate about continuing the conversation. Here are your hosts, Rachel and Daniel. Welcome everybody to another episode of Seeking More. This is Rachel and today I have uh, wonderful guests, plural, with me today. Um, I met them years ago when I was a student and I've been blessed by their friendship. And so they are a wonderful married couple um, that serve with a ministry of crew called Destino. And so we have Daniel and Alice and Daniel is kind and servant hearted. And Alice um, also has just such a beautiful heart, creative artist that brings out um, beauty um, that's there through her photographs that she takes. Um, so I'm really glad to have them here today. So welcome, Daniel and Alice. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting us. Yeah. Glad to be here with you. Thank you. Um, so I kind of just introduced you, but I also thought it could be kind of fun for you guys to like introduce each other sort of so would you guys mm-hmm. want to do that kind of intro each other husband and wife <laughs> oh man that's fun that sounds fun <laughs> want to go first or will you sure no i think to, i need to think through this yeah go for it so alice alice yvette uh is you know you're when you're married to a photographer you are hashtag bless right because uh, <laughs> she catches your, your good angles even if you don't have any right so a wonderful photographer, a graphic designer. Um, and she has, you know, we've been married for four and a half years, just about four and a half years. Um, and she, um, she has been serving with Destino for uh, the last, since 2018, when she reported. But before that, she was a volunteer with Destino, an affiliate mm-hmm. staff, if you would. And um, yeah, we known each other since college. We became friends with Destino. Um, and not, now really this is not the reason why a student should go to a winter conference, but it was a winter conference where we got to know each other much better as friends and <laughs> hopefully that led mm-hmm. to dating and of course marriage. Um, so yeah, it is, uh, it's a joy working with, with her, uh, in Destino. Nice. Thank you. Lovely intro. <clears throat> yeah. So Daniel Becerra, he is, uh, I will describe him as a humble leader. He has been working with Destino, I think, for like six years or so now, including intern years. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like he said, we met when we were students. And one of the first things that I remember noticing about him is his caring heart for people. Like he didn't just want to know your name. He wanted to know how to care for you. And um, he was always seeking ways to platforming uh, his sisters in Christ, which I thought it was very unique for for a young man his age, mm-hmm. um, and it's something that's really cool that I continue to see like even today. Um, I think I've been tremendously blessed by uh, being cared for by him, and I see him care for other women and his team, being um, his uh, student leaders that are ladies too. So I think he has a special heart for leadership uh, and leading well and working well with 
with men and women. I think sometimes there are great leaders, but not all male leaders know how to uh, lead well with women. But I think in his uh, story, I could see that throughout uh, throughout it for many years. Like he's been able to lead with women so well. And um, yeah, I think there's a lot of sisters I know that will that will testify to that. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, I love how you guys even speak of each other. Um, it's just a really um, nice way to start our time together. So thank you for that. I know I put you on the spot, but it shouldn't be too hard to talk about your spouse, I would think. So uh, thank you for that. <laughs> um, so we've been mentioning Destino a bit, but I'm not sure if all of our listeners um, are fully aware of kind of what Destino is, how we function. Um, so do you guys want to tell us a little bit about Destino, kind of what it is, what we do, um, that kind of thing. You, you guys mentioned you got involved. You could share a little bit about how you got involved as students as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I think uh, one, one simple way to describe Destino is Destino seeks to reach and mobilize Latino and Latina students for Christ and for the gospel, right? Uh, and not just Latino and Latina students, I think uh, because of the collective culture of, of or, or Latino culture in the U.S., um, but almost by extension, you end up mobilizing not just students, but communities, local leaders. Um, but of course, much of our work today centers on, on college campuses. Most of our work. Um, so me, uh, Alex will share her story in just a minute. But I myself, coming to, coming to Christ in college, I was 20 years old when I came to know the Lord. Uh, I'm not really realizing uh, how much, you know, I came kind of, if you, I don't know how else to say this, but just mainstream Christianity, like my first church was just, a, my, uh, it was a multi-ethnic church as you would, but not really multicultural. Mm -hmm. uh, there wasn't a lot of diversity in the leadership team. There wasn't a lot of talk about, you know, you know when reading uh, scripture, there never was really a mention of culture, uh, of uh ethnicity uh, then you know i so I, I didn't really in my early two three years of faith i never really thought of scripture as having references to culture or, uh, or ethnicity um mm. but then as i as i got involved with this um i remember <clears throat> before coming to know before learning about this i remember just feeling this um, a small level of not having I, I don't know how to say this but not not feeling like I could grow in all the ways I wanted to grow, feeling like no, I couldn't bring all of myself to the table, or feeling like uh, if I ever wanted to talk about some of the unique uh, needs of my community, that that just wouldn't happen in the church, at least in the church that I was part of at the time. And so coming to Destino, I remember feeling like, oh man, this is exactly, in a way, it's Latino, but it's also bicultural because most of us grew up in the US, either born in the US or immigrated to the United States. Um, and just feeling like, man, this is a place where I, not only do I feel like I belong, but also that can develop me um, in according to my story. Same biblical mm. values, same scripture, same God, same power of the Holy Spirit, uh, but in a way that, that gets me, in a way that, that, that can help me grow because people have journey, um, have, a sim have had a similar journey to, to the one that I was building, right? Uh, mm. Come to a new culture, a new country with a new culture, and just mm. fully kind of having to consistently cross cultures, cross bridges. Um, and so I think when you're learning to follow Jesus, it's so helpful to have people who, sh who share a similar journey. 
And that's what I found yeah. in the you know, early on. And, and again, I, I didn't know that that's what I was missing. But as mm-hmm. I began to experience it through the Stino, realizing, man, this is what I have needed all along to, to grow more in my faith, you know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, <coughs> my story is a little bit different. I uh, was born and raised in El Salvador. So I came to the United States when I was 15. So like midway in high school. Mm-hmm. And I learned English and uh, by the grace of God, I was able to learn it rather quickly. I was able to go to college straight from high school. And mm-hmm. when I first got involved in Destino, I had been praying for a few months now, but a place where I could find other believers to, you know, to study the word with. And um, so pretty much my whole life, I grew up going to Spanish church and reading the Bible in Spanish, praying in Spanish, singing worship in Spanish. So when I came to the Sino, um, it was it was really cool because the Lord had opened up doors for me to experience being at church in college kind of thing. Um, college ministry is not a concept that is well known in Latin America, or at least not in the context that I was coming from. So even like entering that space with he- hesitancy of like, oh, is this really a God thing or is this a cult? You know, uh, I yeah. have a lot of questions, a lot, a lot of. Um, <laughs> Uh, I guess a lot of walls, even in a way, like not knowing what I was stepping into. Um, yeah. The reason why Destino felt right was because one of my church friends was also part of Destino. And, uh, well, you probably know, you know him, Franklin Montoya. He's the one who brought me to Destino at the time. Nice. And he um, played a huge role in like bringing that trust that I needed to have in order for me to be part of something. Yeah. Uh, I think I wouldn't have stepped into the scene if I didn't know him. Like he, I had been invited to crew before, but because I didn't know anybody, I didn't feel that I had the trust to step into the space. Mm-hmm. So when I came to the Stino, I had this realization. It's like, oh, it's like, and it's, this is how Franklin described it for me. Oh, it's like our youth group, but it's all in English. And I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> I remember stepping into it and experiencing community like firsthand with the first few people that I met and mm-hmm. having this huge sense of family even though i didn't know any like that many of them i only knew knew, like franklin i think at the time so yeah yeah. so i think for me um it was just a way of growing more in my faith i was already a christian i grew up in church so the sino was that place where i was discovering uh that i could continue to worship as a latina girl at the time um I could continue to worship the Lord without losing my Latinaness, if you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So for me, the experience was a little bit different. And from there, I think the Lord just continued taking me to a journey. What does it mean to uh, continue growing in this space and continue to bring awareness of your own ethnicity and who you are um, as an immigrant in the United States, you know, and mm-hmm. as a Christian too. Yeah. Man, thank you um, for sharing that, Alice, as well. Uh, it's just so cool to see how, whether you were already experiencing aspects of your culture or kind of like came to learn more about how culture even is seen in the Bible. Like, it's just so cool how Destino can be a place to like experience faith and like feel at home culturally so that that's not a wall and barrier to having friends, to learning more about God. Like you can just come be yourself and yeah. It kind of be easy in that sense. You don't have to like try to mold and, and change the different things. You can just 
yourself, people understand, even if they come from a different culture, feels more at home. That's that's stuff that I've experienced as well with it. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll add to that that I think um, the few times that I try bringing up, uh, you know, kind of like what I, and, and at the time I didn't have the lingo perhaps to just explain just generational wealth gaps, generational wealth inequality, just overall how policies may have impacted uh, communities, minor, minority communities. But I remember any, every, there were a few times where, where the response that I received was hostile. Those were very few, hmm. but for the most part they were, oh no, like that, you know, I don't, like it was lack of belief. And so one of the things that quickly happens is it could become really exhausting to try to mm. say, hey, like this is a, a pain that I'm experiencing and I'm trying to yeah. share with you as a brother and sister. Yeah. When you're part of a, a safe community, in this case for us, it was the community of Destino. Yeah. Not exhausting because now you, you explain it and you can lament and, and pray and grieve together without having to explain yourself over and over again, you know? So. Yeah, because yeah. that's hard to continue reopening that and having to explain and receive feedback and stuff like that it's like this is just what it is <laughs> it's been hard yeah. so yeah it's nice to be able to to be with with someone who understands you in that um and so that's just a beautiful experience um and so part of what we do uh, with destino is having a destino winter conference mm-hmm. um and it's usually like a huge highlight for me um being able to go um bring students, see all the students that come from across the U.S. Um, and so in the past, there had been kind of two just, you know, conferences going on at the same time in the past few years. It's been really fun to have it like just one big conference for all students to come together. Um, so do you guys want to share, like, again, just very briefly kind of what this, you know, winter conference is and what happens there? Yeah, so... The Stina Winter Conference um, is a space where our students from all over the country can come together and worship. Like you mentioned, we used to have, at some, I think it was one, maybe two years at most, that we had two conferences happening at once. And it, was, it just became really hard. And then students in the reviews would be like, why can't we all be together? You know, like, <laughs> so we're like, yeah, why can't we all be together? So we decided to change that and like, once again, we're doing one big conference for all of our students. And yeah. I think it's just, I don't know, the way, the best way to describe it, I think will be it's a huge family reunion. Um, mm-hmm. The students that have been coming mm-hmm. to winter conference year after yes. year, and they look forward to see their friends again from like either coast, you know, or the ones that live far from them. And there's others who are new and sometimes they're just coming because their friend is coming and they trust their friend that what they're saying is true, you know, about winter conference. Yeah. So. I feel like uh, there is this huge sense of fa- sense of familia in our conference. Um, also, because it's not very huge, people have a, a very spe- a special opportunity to get to know people from other places. And mm-hmm. even as part of the planning team for Winter Conference, one of our hopes is that even if a student comes by himself, he will leave the conference knowing like ten other friends after they leave. Um, that they would get to know the people in the region, that they will get to know students in other parts of the country. And that's why like, we even have like small groups, we call them small family groups, uh, where there's like anything from 10 to 12 students that process the conference together through the whole weekend. 
and eventually some of them end up becoming really good friends. So um, yeah, there's a huge sense of community and a sense of belonging and um, yeah, it is a place for students to come together and learn together uh, and worship together, you know, in, in English and Spanish. Um, not all of them speak only Spanish or only English. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. We've had like a variety of students coming through our doors. But um, I think overall the experience that they're seeing is like, oh, like it's bringing the fullness of who we are in this safe space and it's okay to mm -hmm. ourselves, you know, and it's okay to worship the Lord with who we are. So wow. um, it's a very, it's a very good place to be. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think when you said family reunion, me and Daniel were like, ooh, yeah, that's good. That's like a good way to put <laughs> yeah, it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah gets you in the heart with that, you know? And like, I know even w since I've graduated and I'm, I'm like serving with this, you know, I'll see students from other campuses and they're like, hey, how's it going? And like, I love being able to see them. Um, so it's, it feels really great to like even connect with students that I only see there. Like it, it really yeah. is a really fun reunion in that sense, it feels like a family reunion. And my family doesn't do family reunions, so it feels really nice to be able to have it somewhere, you know, to be able to experience right. it yeah. in okay. a different place. So yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you guys actually spoke at a winter conference um, 2018, so it's almost two years ago. Um, and so we shared your talk um, also on our Seeking More podcast, so some of our listeners will have already heard that, so we don't need to recap it intensely, but I really just kind of want to highlight um, diversity and unity in Christ. And um, you guys talked about First uh, Corinthians 12 and just kind of mm -hmm. members of one body, but different parts to talk about agape love and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so I feel like we're, we're already like tiptoeing in it as we're talking about um, like our culture and feeling at home in certain spaces. Um, but I'd love to hear just your your insight and thoughts of to um, the importance and, and beauty of diversity. And I can try to make it more specific or I can leave you with just that and let you run with it. So importance and beauty of diversity. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? So I think... Uh... You know, Re Revelation uh, talks about the book of Revelation, pardon me. Uh, John describes uh, how every culture, uh, when, when the new kingdom comes, every culture will bring uh, their honor and glory, right? Mm. And then not, nothing shameful will ever enter uh, into, the, into the new kingdom. So in that, in, that, in that statement, there is the understanding that every culture uh, has parts that reflect God's honor and glory. Mm -hmm. And also every culture, because of the fall, uh, reflects the brokenness of humanity. And so I think without diversity, uh, we, we don't get as, uh, as full of a picture as we would when we are uh, consistently learning from each other and seeking each other. Um, I, I, I mean, the, I think the simplest statement I can think of without diversity, and I'll define diversity in just a minute, but sure. without diversity, we don't grow as much as we could grow. Mm -hmm. uh, without the depth of relationship cross-culturally, without the uh, without the without depth, without a growing depth, 
we don't grow as much as we could because we're missing out in other ways that um, humanity reflects God's honor and glory. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's one first statement. Um, and diversity really is not just the mere bodily presence of different cultures or any groups in one place. Diversity is the, the ability to influence change or the ability to make it up. Um, and, and one of my favorite authors, Kulu loves this guy, Andy Crouch, kind of defines power as the ability to influence change, right? Mm -hmm. So I think diversity is, this, diversity is simply not just being bodily present, but it's, it's the, um, a space where different people can all have a similar ability to influence change. Mm. Um, and that, that is costly. That's costly. If you are a person who is usually in charge, um, I think historically in this, in this country and, and around the world, men have usually been in charge of making decisions. And it's one of our, one of, one, I think that's part of the brokenness of humanity, right, in certain aspects. Mm -hmm. uh, it's costly to be, now be okay or grow okay in making room for diverse voices in this case female voices uh if you if your if your people group has been usually the one making decisions or maybe a certain group of people and now you're inviting new voices it's costly because now you have to be okay with somebody else making decisions yeah right? so, i think diversity is uh, it's an attractive war mm -hmm. uh but really it's costly together it's costly uh, but I think the rewards not only not only do you get a more not only are you more effective in witnessing to a diverse world, but also I I I can say this safely. I think you can fall in love with God more as you mm. work all around you. That's uh, so and and I think that should motivate us right to to seek the unity of the body uh, cross culturally across gifts. Um, across, even within the Latino community, right? We have so much diversity, yeah. uh, so much difference mm -hmm. between countries. And yeah. so I think we can fall in love with God more as a result of uh, fighting for diversity. So. Yeah, love that. Yeah, I think one of the things I can think of is the tension <laughs> that diversity brings. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want diversity, like Daniel was saying, it's gonna cost you something. It's gonna come with a long, with, with a huge tension because uh, you will have people that come with different ways of viewing the world, different ways of doing things, different ways of, uh, yeah, of even just thinking and making decisions, you know? So um, I think one of the things that we were touching on in our, in our talk and in our conference was uh, the importance of people bringing everything that they are and making room for everyone to have a space to use their gifts and be who they are. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes that will mean that other people have to step back. Sometimes that will mean that people who are in the margins uh, will, uh, you know, let their their covering shells of fears come down and step in. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like I, I could see like there is tension for both sides. One one tension is to step back for one for for certain people, and the tension of stepping in for others will have a harder time being in the center. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that's what I. That's what comes to mind for me. Yeah, man, that is really a powerful picture that you've given us of diversity, that it's not just a pretty picture of different cultures, you know, being present in a room, um, but people having the opportunity to step up and have their voice heard ultimately in, in 
that ability to be part of making change, right? Um, and that's costly. Um, and I remember being at a conference a few years ago and, and Daniel, you you were there speaking and you were literally sitting at a table talking about how, um, you know, it's a blessing to be able to have a seat at the table, to be able to have your voice heard. But ultimately, like you wanna make room for other people that are not there yet. And to be able to even surrender your seat to be able to have someone else come that's not represented. Um, and that just really stuck with me. And I, I think that kind of goes along with that that image of, of diversity and, and unity of um, you being able to use your voice and the talents and gifts God's given you to be able to bring in others that are learning and growing in that so they can see how God's developing them in that as well. So, yeah, I feel like there's, there's so much in the things that that you guys have said even i like want to stay lingering but then we'll just be on that forever <laughs> right. um so as as we're talking about this like beauty and importance and and there being this tension and, and all of that like what what does that look like then for the body of christ we mentioned like it helps us love god more as we're able to to see god in other cultures um so you guys mind like expanding on that a little bit of, of what it looks like for the body to what it for like what what can diversity um look like as a body of believers and also in the midst of that like unity um with diversity sure. in the body of believers specifically yeah so just reflecting on the talk uh i think uh, i think i'll touch on two aspects one is diversity of gifts Mm -hmm. diversity of culture so let me start with diversity of gifts sure um <clears throat> so I'll, I'll give you i'll give you an example in my in my staff team one of the things we talked about uh as we were doing a kind of spiritual gift inventory type of things uh some of us score really high in the in the uh, what is commonly known as well what some, some scholars some theologians will know as word gifts so like teaching evangelism right okay uh, kind of like what um, what gets you on a stage, if you would, mm -hmm. uh, you know, which is often, you know, like, are you a good speaker? Uh, do you have success in evangelism? Things like that. Um, and some of our teammates score really high on uh, what what we call love gifts, which is things like acts of service, administration, generosity, uh, mm. deep compassion, right? Mm. So. Um, there's and there's another category of gifts, but I, I think in the to grow uh, to grow as a, as a movement, you need both, right? You need you need all you need all the gifts coming together. But mm -hmm. I think one of our tendencies, unfortunately, is that we tend to celebrate some gifts more than others. Mm. We tend to remember or highlight a speaker that was incredible, uh, even and unfortunately, and I know and obviously, hopefully, our speakers are both across winter conferences are. Are, are both talented up front, but also living uh, godly lives on, in private, right? Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes we tend to highlight certain gifts and not affirm or highlight other gifts. Yeah. Um, and so if we are to invite every every student, every, 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 um, every individual that we're trying to reach, then we need to figure out a way to affirm that their gifts also matter in the kingdom. 
Mm. Largely, I think if you don't highlight those, at least occasionally, or you don't affirm those upfront or in some other way, mm. then the message that they're hearing is, unless you have these other gifts, then your gifts are not as important and therefore we don't want them. Oh, man. Yeah. And so I think um, diversity of gifts is pretty important and we need to affirm all, you know, all the gifts. And, and I think leadership across ministries, we need to think creatively, like how do we affirm gifts across the board so yeah. that that young man or that young woman who has uh, love gifts primarily um, can, or, or power gifts can say, hey, I, I too am wanted and I too, my contribution will too be valued. I don't have to be this speak, super speaker, you know, up front. Uh, that's not the only thing that's celebrated. So, yeah. The first thing that comes to mind. Do you want anything, honey? Yeah, I think what comes to mind for me is um, what Paul says in Ephesians when he talks about the body parts and how each of them has a role. Yeah. So, it's similar it's similar to us and when you're talking about gifts that's what it came to mind i think that's one of the things that we mentioned in the talk that um the hand has its its own job you know like your eye has its own job so some of them are more visible than others but mm -hmm. yet without one of them sometimes the whole body doesn't work well uh if you're sick and there's you know you have a stomachache you don't see your stomach you see on the outside but you don't see what's inside you know all these things there's other things inside that are making it work well that are just yeah. as important as the physical stomach that you see in the outside, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, it's just like that working together of the body parts, that working together of each believer and their gifts and the things that God has created in each one of them. Yeah, that's good. Um, and I'm, I'm sure within that, there's the same thing of, in some ways it, well, let me ask and not assume, would you say that, in a way that that's also like a, a costly thing in the midst of diversity, like the different um, gifts and like <laughs> those highlighted and stuff like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's costly. Um, can I ask something to what Alice said earlier? Just yeah, please. Yeah. We were just hearing uh, from who will be our, our speaker this year, Alexia Salvatierra. We were just hearing this and, and she reminded us you know, the, the design, uh, Paul is speaking in First Corinthians 12, just, just verses before the, you know, the, the, the love, what is coming in the love chapter, right? Uh, Paul kind of gives us the design for how we're to treat um, the members of the body that, has, that are seen as less honorable, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so intentionally, like Paul is saying that, um, that we give greater honor or we, we, we are more intentional to protect those parts that are not as honorable if you would uh, mm -hmm. because kind of the design of the world right when you think about outside the kingdom is um, unfortunately it's like you give greater honor to the things that are shiny that are yeah. glamorous if you would and yeah. so the kingdom of god is upside down right so mm -hmm. the design of the kingdom is you give greater honor to the parts that often wouldn't get it otherwise yeah. we are just like the war mm -hmm. we we will resort back to giving greater honor to the parts that just naturally would 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 would, would um, attract it, if you would. Right. And so, if there are gifts that are not being highlighted, if there are gifts that usually people don't celebrate, then you, I think, you know, all of us need to be intentional. And say, hey, have you noticed how so and so does such a great job working behind the behind the scenes? Have mm -hmm. you noticed how so, -so is so faithful in praying for people, even though um, he or she may never be brought up front, right? Um, 
So I think, yeah, does that, does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's a helpful perspective and um, yeah, a good reminder for me to not highlight like, oh, I don't sing, but I wish I could sing like, you know, so-and-so. And, -so. and uh, I think that's like easy ones that we, we tend to fall into, right? Like, oh, I'm not a performer, but I wish I could play the drums. I wish I could do this. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, and then I'm never like, boy, I wish I had that servant heart of the person that gets here two hours early to set up chairs, <laughs> pick up the trash afterwards. Yeah. Like, my, my mind doesn't go to that, right. you know? Um, and so it's, it's a significant reminder for me and, and hopefully anyone listening of um, building up all of the roles that people have um, because we do need all of them. And um, one is not less important because it's not seen up front. Um, if it wasn't for all the behind scenes, like the person up front would be standing in the dark without anyone there. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so significant to have everybody working together for the glory of God um, to be able to point others to Christ. And I think as we see that unity um, as the, the body of believers, people notice like, hey, something's different here. Um, and ultimately that just helps people see Jesus, yeah. um, which, is, which is what we want. I think in today's culture, meaning like broad, you know, culture, um, we can see plenty of ways where this doesn't play out well, um, where we see the hurts of, of gifts not being lived out well, or just different areas of conflict, cultures not being valued like people's culture. So what is something that, you know, a college student stepping onto their campus in a new semester, let's say, like what, what is something that a college student can do to, to take steps towards like healthy diversity and unity in the body? Like what can that look like? Ooh, that is a wonderful question. I think my first thought is talk to God about it. <laughs> I don't want to just be like, good guy, you know? Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think we, we have a ton of stories in the Bible that talk about people from different groups interacting with each other, like Jesus interacting with a woman in the well, with Jesus interacting with other people. And um, even the apostles talking about diversity, you know, how to minister in Greeks and Jews and all these things. So I think the Bible, it's uh, full of a lot of stories of cross-cultural interactions. Sometimes, unfortunately, we miss them. Mm. So I think being on a, I guess going off to the question mm -hmm. you were asking, you were asking, I would just, pray to the Lord. And this is something that I still pray for about like, Lord, as I read your word, could you like enlighten me and show me what are some of the things that I'm missing about these interactions? What are some of the things that I could learn from um, as mm -hmm. I read the word? How do you interact with people that were different from you? People that you weren't supposed to associate yourself with, you know, according to the culture of that time. So um, learning from Jesus and, you know, the way that he walked, I think he was very intentional in reaching to the margins he was mm -hmm. very intentional in uh, decentering those that were already known and placing uh, opportunities for others to be redeemed when others, you know, didn't even bother to look at them. So mm -hmm. I think there is so much that we can learn from the way that Jesus walked uh, on earth a few years ago. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Alex.
Yeah, I, so thinking through the common, the, the concept, pardon me, of common grace, right? Um, I think, uh, saddens me to say, but I think uh, though we see more Christian leaders today uh, rising up and writing about culture and power dynamics and injustice, um, unfortunately, early on and even today, much of the sort of issue with the leading voices have been outside of the church. Um, mm. And the, and the concept of a common grace is like God has given His wisdom upon all people, right? So even even non-believers can 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 reflect God's image and God's sense of justice, even yeah. if they're following Him. So, but I do think so. I think there is a healthy. It's healthy to learn from people outside of the church. I think there is, you know, with wisdom you can do that. Mm-hmm. But I think I a growing cons- something that I think we need to be intentional about is to seek. Uh, Alice touched on this, but to seek. Um, the Lord through Scripture and prayer, and asking, "Hey God, I wanna, I wanna see." Um, I, I think recognizing for me, and, and, and I think a lot of people hopefully can relate to this. But I, when I came to faith, I was not necessarily trained or taught or encouraged to look for the cultural connections in the Scripture. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we read the Scripture, we all approach the Scripture with certain cultural lenses already, and so to. Uh, Unless we ask the Lord to kind of remove some of our cultural lenses and kind of be intentional about that, asking God, you know, to the Holy Spirit to help you see things that you may not see before, we, we tend to resort back to the way we usually read the scripture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think, again, I think there is a healthy, there is, it's healthy to learn from other sources, but I, I think a, a growing encouragement would be to continue to seek the Lord in scripture and in prayer. I think a second thing that comes to mind is if you are, um, I think whatever whatever culture you come from, but especially if you are a, a majority culture person, and I don't mean just ethnic, ethnic majority, right, as, as in, uh, Anglo-American, but I think if you have, if the majority of your, um, maybe how you grew up, how you grew in the faith, if the majority of your learning has come from majority culture settings, I think you need, we, again, all of us, but especially all the more, uh, if you if you grew up in, in a majority culture setting, like having a learning posture, not getting too soon into into trying to debate the, the merits of an idea or a concept, but rather mm-hmm. kind of seeking to learn as much as possible uh, and quietly meditating on it. I think this this is a, a bit of a cliche saying, but it, it plays so well when it comes to uh, conversations and moving towards diversity, but. It is more important to be loving than it is to be right when you are when you're engaging in these conversations, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's more important to be loving than it is to be right. So, I I, I think hopefully that that helps our listeners. But yeah. 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 So I'm hearing that, like for college students of, of any culture, priority knowing God, right? Knowing God. Um, time in the word, time in prayer, ultimately that is what is going to impact us, change our hearts, allow the Holy Spirit to be moving and helping us live out healthy diversity and unity, um, to be learners, to have a, a posture of humility in learning and learning from people um, who are, are different from us. Sometimes that means outside of the church. Um, sometimes that means outside of our own race or cultural upbringing. And if there's something I, I overlooked in what you guys shared, please throw it out again. But um, yeah, those are, are really good 
practical and easy yet challenging steps, you know? It's easy, but then it's it's still challenging because it's not maybe what we naturally do. Um, and even as you're saying, like, read outside of your what you're used to learning from, I'm like, I do need to learn more in that way, <laughs> you know? Um, so it's, it's a good reminder um, constantly. So I'm I'm big on on stories. Can you guys think of a a story or personal experience that um, you've been able to to see that lived out? Well, I, I think I share I, I may share two stories. On one one that touches on winter conference specifically, and and I'll, I'll connect okay. it to diversity. So again, I mentioned the diversity. So somebody may say, uh, "Oh, diversity." I, I, again, I I hope I hope I'm wrong on this, but somebody may look at a winter conference and a destino winter conference for part of me, mm-hmm. and say, "Oh, that's not diverse because it's just Latinos or majority Latinos, right?" Mm-hmm. Um, and the person who would think that has the uh, the wrong perception of diversity, because again, diversity is not just it, it is not the, the the bodily presence, but rather mm-hmm. um, it is people who are. Um, who have the ability to influence change, who have the ability to to raise up other voices that ultimately will bring change, right? And ultimately what we're trying to do in Destino is add to the diversity in our world, which is minority mm-hmm. voices, in this case Latino voices, uh, growing in their in their capacity to lead, uh, in, their, mm-hmm. in their character to lead, right? And so, um, so let me tie that, tie that to my example. Um, it was, <clears throat> it was at winter conference. Uh, it was my first winter conference. Uh, and winter conference has always kind of fallen on my birthday um, <laughs> for this last year. So every year for the last seven years, I would, you know, I just wouldn't celebrate my birthday, but I would always celebrate it at winter conference with some friends. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember it was, it was my first winter conference and I'm sitting on the back. Uh, I arrived late for, because I was, I was engaging in conversation with somebody earlier on. And so I'm sitting on the back. My friends are on the front somewhere. I don't know where they are. And uh, and we're worshiping. And I and I remember um, that I open my eyes and I see all these arms lifted up. And it was in that moment that I, I God spoke to my heart saying, "This is just a preview of what I want to do in the lives of hundreds and thousands of students, of college students, yeah. right in the years to come." And I did. I I did not. You know, start crying, bawling, really, right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it at the time, but that's one of the things that God would use to remind me later on to join a staff. It's kind of a firm mm-hmm. calling. So where am I going with this? Is that um, it was in a winter conference that aesthetically, if you would, didn't look diverse because the majority culture was Latino, so they're wearing many other cultures. But it was diverse in that their 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 um what some authors call their agency, their their power to make change was being raised. It was yeah. in that sense. It, it was it was diversity that it was adding diversity to the, to the body of Christ. It was in this setting that God used to kind of clear up or clarify where He was leading me, right? To begin to to sow the seeds for a future calling, right? So yeah. I think if you want to add diversity uh, to an organization, then you have to create a spaces where minority voices can actually grow. Right, mm-hmm. you need both. Mm-hmm. you need the spaces where there is multiple cultures in the room, multiple ethnicities in the room, but you also need the safe spaces like at the Sino Winter Conference, where minority voices have a safe space to grow and to dream and to have vision, catch vision for their lives. Um, yeah. 
So that's one story that comes to mind. I'll share this second story really quick. Uh, is that okay? Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, there was only one uh, EFM conference, at least it was, it was the one and only EFM conference, 2017, perhaps, if I'm not mistaken, in Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, may have been 2016. I, I honestly, I'm, I'm linking out. <clears throat> but uh, man, that was one of my all time favorite conferences uh, since I've been on staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, had Epic staff there, the Spin staff, Nations staff, Impact staff, Design staff, uh, soon or formerly known as KCCC staff. Uh, and you just got to hear from diverse voices all around. Um, I remember seeing Rene Begay speak, I remember seeing uh, the Veras speak. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy McGee and other other fantastic leaders across the board, and and just feeling like <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it, but this it was this um, just massive amount of learning in such a short time because of the diverse voices, all of them yeah. very diverse, who were all just as empowered to speak and to raise up their leaders, their staff, and so. I remember walking from that conference and feeling like, man, I this is worth laboring for. This is yeah. really worth it, right? Yeah. Um, I, I want to let Alice speak. So I think briefly I said that the crew 17, 19, 15 conferences where people, the staff, for pardon me, where the staff and other leaders courageously talked about the need for, for diversity. Mm. I mean, it's to my heart, to our heart tremendously. I think we yeah. walked away feeling like, oh, okay, I want to work with crew, right? Mm-hmm. We're far from a perfect organization, just like any other organization, but it makes it worth it when you know that somebody's fighting for diversity that includes you. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't have a story for you right now. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, but Daniel touched on two very good ones um, that I think that touch on the points that you were asking, but I think uh, you also ask about the question of culture. I think mm-hmm. the conversation that we just had here, um, we've touched on culture in like two different two different ways. We've used culture as in um, the way that we see the world now collectively, say as a country, but mm-hmm. we also use the world culture, at least in this conversation, um, to define like the individual ways in which certain people groups see the world. You know, just to add that definition in there uh, for us. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've touched on several different things, and I feel like we've barely scratched the surface of it. Um, Are we talking too much? <laughs> what's that? Are we talking too much? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm just saying there's there's so much to talk about um, that I I'm hoping that this episode can um, even guide listeners to be able to talk with each other of of healthy ways they've seen diversity and unity lived out and ways that they see that it's missing and ways Mm. that they can either be the ones to to step up and and be part of it um, and bringing themselves in and also inviting others to come in and create diversity by lifting up um, the voices around them, by uplifting the the gifts of, of the people around them that they see that maybe don't go um, that noticed. So I'm hoping it, it can be kind of a catalyst in, in going in that direction. Um, and in students being able to, to see 
um, like, oh, there, there's a safe place for me to come and be in an environment where I don't have to explain myself. Um, mm -hmm. I can just be myself and yeah. I can be known and uh, love with the upbringing that I've had and people will understand it. Um, and where students can kind of grow together in learning to use their voice, that their voice is valuable and significant. I think in general, people, everyone experiences shame, but a lot of times our own culture, we feel ashamed of or, sh or shame with. So I would, I would hope that these kinds of conversations show the beauty that every culture brings, that as we were saying, the more culture we see represented, the more we can see how big God is and we can know him more and love him more um, for all the beauty that we could see in, in the cultures that are different from ours. I know the things I love about my culture, but I want to know more about other cultures so that I could see God there, not just in my own. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to just open if you guys have any last thoughts that came to mind um, in general with, with this topic, any words of encouragement you'd want to share with students with wherever they're at on their spiritual and cultural journey, just kind of giving you the floor to, to close kind of as, as you would like. Uh, yeah, I got something real quick that um, I think it's important for for all of us students staff you know everyone who might be listening to us to this um learn to understand who you are learn to understand where you come from i think that's important mm -hmm. um as you learn to value who you are and who god made you to be like where your family roots come from what the ethnicity is what are the customs and all these things as you learn more about yourself and you start to see the value on that you're going to be able to see people differently you're going to be able to understand that there's a history behind every person and um it will just naturally drive you to 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 see the value on them even though you have not met someone someone that looks different from you yet but it will draw you even curiosity okay so i know i have this huge story behind me what about that person what's the story behind them you know yeah. so by getting to know ourselves i think uh, we are at the same time uh, adding well adding value to our story where already opening the door to eventually adding value to the story of someone else, if that makes sense. So, yeah. So I think it's important to learn who we are, to learn our stories, our family stories, like ask questions to your parents, to your grandparents, you know. And as you learn about yourself, um, <laughs> open your heart to learn from others and um, who others also are. Mm, yeah. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think how to communicate this, but I, I wanted to just give a tangible example of how getting to know someone else helps you learn more about God. So let me let me just give it a shot and, I, and I'll, I'll do my best to, to, to communicate mm -hmm. more. So yes. I was, I was, uh, we were, it was, I was in a small group hearing from an African-American pastor for a church. Um, and he, you know, he kind of walked us through some of the history in his own family line. And at some point he said this gem, and I, I'm not going to do justice to how he said it because I, I mean, I was so impacted by the concept, but the words, I wish I could, I, I would have recorded the words. But um, he talked about how, uh, as African American individuals, you know, this is in a time of slavery, as they were, as they were coming to faith, um, 
as they sung worship songs, as they talked about like kind of the, uh, the, the ultimate freedom, right, that came with Jesus, for them, longing for freedom was not this concept of like, it was, you know, I, I think about freedom, right? And I'm, I'm mainly thinking about spiritual freedom for the most part. But for mm-hmm. them, it was this idea of like, man, we really, really need freedom, right? It became this this, this crying hymn, crying rally. Yeah. Um, and so I remember at that moment, it, for again, I'm trying to do justice, but for me, click just how tangible their faith was as they were worshiping in, in song. Mm. Um, because for them, like it, 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 because their reality really at the time really affected their their expression of faith, right? And so, and, and, and I think another thing that I started feeling like, man, what a what an encouragement to persist in believing God in light of sorry to 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 persist in following God in light of such harsh realities, right? And so um, I think that as we learn the history of our brothers and sisters across the board, that we can also learn how God has worked throughout different people groups throughout time. Uh, And I think that is what gives you a a greater picture of God's holistic work, you know? Mm. Um, Again, so hopefully that's helpful for our listeners that I, I, I... you gain a greater appreciation for God, how God has worked throughout time, how God is a working all communities. So yeah, say that. Um, and I, if I have one more minute, I'll say, uh, you know, if you're listening, uh, you're a Latino, Latina student uh, on the fence about coming to Winter Conference, you should totally come to Winter Conference. <laughs> uh, I, you know, we, we, you know, strongly consider it. And, I, and I'll say this, um, Mm, okay, hopefully this is helpful. But um, I, I, I talked with a, a number of students in the past who usually will go to a Kuru conference uh, because it was closer. And and just I don't want to downplay how difficult it is to fly somewhere else. Like if mm-hmm. you were from the East Coast and the conference is in California this year, I said, man, that's hard. I don't know if I can afford it, right? Um, <clears throat> so again, I don't want to downplay that. But um, both crew conferences, all conferences across the world are great, of course, but if you are trying to gain a, a greater vision for what Destino could be in your campus, or if you're trying to gain a greater, greater vision for how to, how to lead as a Latino young man or a Latina young woman, um, I think you'll get a greater glimpse of that throughout the Destino Winter Conference. Again, not, both conferences are great, but some will just play, so the Destino Winter Conference is made with Latino and Latina leaders in mind, right? Uh, designing that way so the call you know i think the the cost is is significant uh if you're flying uh, across the state across the country pardon me but i think the reward would be great (laughs) and i and i want to encourage you uh, i think the students that have come uh, even though it has has been more expensive or more costly they have greatly benefited from coming to the conference so yeah Mm. yeah thank you daniel thank you alice i appreciate um, your heart and input and what you guys are, are sharing and, and saying. And um, what a beautiful thing when we're able to grow in this area and really see more um, of how God wants things to be, um, even in the midst of things being imperfect and broken, um, that we can still look back and see restoration and see where there's so much need for healing and growth, but how God invites us to be part of it and how 
that's part of the beauty of, of unity in the body is being able to come together and being part of healing and restoration and, and living out faith, being able to walk through the hard things together to um, grieve with each other, but also celebrate together. And that's all necessary as, as the body and um, how beautiful when we're able to love each other in that way um, and how that's how God created it and we can live that out. So yeah. um, just so, so thankful to you both for taking time to be with us today. Um, and so grateful um, that I get to serve alongside you guys and I feel really blessed by you. Um, so thank you for, for being with us today. And thank you those joining us today on our episode of Seeking More. Check out thestino.org if you do want more information about the Winter Conference and um, like Daniel said, seeing what Destino can look like on your campus. So we will see you again soon and have a great day. Thanks for listening. To find out more about how you can be a part of Winter Conference, follow us on Instagram or Facebook and check out our website at winterconference.org.